often it's that the roadmap is really a wish list, things that look easy on paper and then they're just going to eat up all your resources. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. I hope you enjoyed our dive into B Corp land throughout March. I learned a lot, not least that the e-commerce brands who are and who are becoming B Corps are amazing e-commerce examples to get into. I learned a lot about B Corps, also found some great e-commerce tips too. If it's a path you're on or you're considering, then do head to ECMP, short for e-commerce master plan, dot info forward slash B Corp to find all our content content on the subject, which is much more than just the four episodes we released last month. And if you've got feedback on it, you want more, you want less, please do send it my way. I'm always interested in what you think of the show and any ideas you've got. Now for this episode, we are almost back to normal, but I'm not joined by a retailer this week. Rather, I'm joined by an e-commerce strategy specialist. And if ever there was a year to be listening to him, It's this one. So much has changed. And he's going to be taking us through how to build the roadmap that's not only going to see your brand survive in 2023, but help you to thrive too. So a roadmap is a type of strategy. We'll get into what that is. It's a kind of a simplified, more direct one, which is exactly the sort of thing you need to get yourself over the bumps this year throws. He shares loads of great advice. And if you, because of course you are, if you listen right as far as the top tips, you will hear me getting so confused by the brilliant advice he's giving us that I do the top tips in the wrong order. 432 interviews in and I got them wrong. So um, stay tuned for that right to the end. Uh, And if you listen to the end, you will also get my own take and tips on this episode and topic. Do you have stock in your warehouse you desperately need to turn back into cash? Do you want to know how you can sell more stock at full price? Do you want to leverage your stock to improve your profits, cash flow and environmental impact? Then it's time to get your free ticket to our brand new virtual event. This time we're tackling the problem of overstocks, both how to avoid them and how to clear them. Just use our short link ecmp.info forward slash summit to get your free ticket. And to answer the number one most asked question, will replays be available, Chloe? Why, yes, replays will be available to everyone who has signed up. So sign up and then you can watch at your convenience. Just use our short link ecmp.info forward slash summit to get your free ticket. That's ecmp, short for e-commerce master plan, dot info forward slash summit to get your free ticket today. Joe Russell is the e-commerce strategy director at Adobe and Magento development agency, JH. Hello, Joe. Hey there, Chloe. Great to have you here. Now, I am seriously looking forward to getting into talking roadmaps in a moment. But first off, how did you end up in the wonderful, exciting, crazy world that is e-commerce? Yeah, so I've been at JH now for, I don't know, coming up to about 10 and a half years now. Really, has been a good uh, length of time now and to be honest with you like it was really more of a life change than anything else 
back in 2012, just got married and moved down to Nottingham. And JH were one of those agencies in Nottingham that really stood out when I was looking for, for a new job. And originally, you know, some of the initial work I was doing wasn't necessarily, you know, the kind of e-commerce Magento stuff that JH have got their great reputation for. But yeah, you know that's that's how I've got into it, and and over the years, you know, I've I've built up my my knowledge and my experience of uh, of e-commerce. You know, I've been involved in some development, design, and then kind of as I've gone along, I've then been engaging with clients at higher and higher levels, and obviously now have those kind of very strategic conversations with them. It is kind of one of those awesome things about the role you have is that you get to get quite in depth into a number of businesses and repetitively not repetitively in a boring way but repetitively in the way of honing your craft mm. work out how to help e-commerce businesses structure themselves for success plan for success build the strategies for success it's um it's quite a i mean not entirely unique but it's quite a privileged position in the industry isn't it absolutely yeah i think you are right about that repetition element i think you definitely get the opportunity to see a lot of patterns see a lot of commonality and i think ultimately we can boil everybody down to having a product page and a checkout like there, there is always going to be something there so there's definitely elements in terms of their proposition their customer experience their technology stack that are going to be the same across any kind of catalog any kind of sector so what's really good there is that we get to spot those patterns, the the good practices, the trade-offs between things, and um, that allows us to advise our clients on the best way to take things. Just just you know almost on the you know the basics, the essential things. What has also been good, you know, for me over those ten years is that we've worked across a lot of different sectors as well. And what you start to do is spot the differences between sectors and the commonalities within those as well. So, for example, you know, we've worked with quite a few brands uh, in the homeware sector, uh, Perch and Paro, Graham and Green, Swoon. And so you start to learn, well, what works there? You know, you've got higher ticket items. You've got the final miles a little trickier because they're going to have to get a sofa through your door, for example. You know, you start to learn all those extra little bits. And yeah, you really start to build up a playbook of what's going to work for them. And so when I get a, a new client come through the door, it really means that we can very quickly establish a, a framework, like a, a strategic plan that we know is going to get them 80% of the way there. And then it's by adding in that, sector-specific knowledge and the consultation we do with them to know, well, okay, great, but what's unique to you? What are your challenges? What are your goals? That's where we can then really sharpen it up and get that last 20% added on for them. Which is a good moment for us to really dive down into this world of roadmaps. Um, some of the listeners will be going, what, you want me to put together an atlas? Oh, don't we, don't I have sat-nav? No, guys, that's not what we're talking about here. But <laughs> As you mentioned, you know, putting together a strategy, there are probably a million and one different formats we could put our strategy into. So, um, Joe, could you quickly explain what a roadmap actually is, what that version of a strategy is, and then we'll get into why they're particularly relevant for 2023. So, Joe, how would you define a roadmap? So for me, a roadmap is going to be a set of steps that we want to take with a client 
over a time period that gets them from where they are today to where they want to be at the end of that period, usually 12 months. And those steps could be a series of projects that they want to do, a series of goals they want to achieve. But it really it's about acknowledging that you want to get from A to B and have that plan for doing it. You don't want it to just happen by accident. They're super focused, aren't they? You know, you mentioned the time span there, just a 12-month let's get done, which I think is, for me, is one of the reasons why it's such a good strategic method in 2023, which is not the easiest of e-commerce years. So are you finding roadmaps being a better strategic format in 2023? Yeah, I think that you can absolutely have roadmaps that go longer than 12 months. I think it's worth thinking about what's further ahead to allow you to force stuff off your 12 months. So again, for the focus that you've mentioned, you will need to be able to push stuff off. I think the reason why they are important right now is that it's very tempting when things are difficult to batten down the hatches and go, we're just going to look at the next four weeks. We're just going to look at the next three. And there's definitely an element of needing to do that. But again, you're going to do that to get to what end? Even in a conservative year where you need to be careful, there's still ultimately an endpoint you want to get to. And it might just be, say, that you want to maintain last year's performance and not necessarily grow. Okay, great. So how are we going to get there? And then what does that short-term defensive work that you might be doing, how does that contribute it to kind of get the ship steady, for example? There are two key things you said there, Joe. I just want to reiterate for the audience because I think they are just so, so super important. One was pushing stuff off because it's so tempting to try and do everything and so often success comes from deciding that's a 2024, that's a 2025, or even that's a Q2 or a December project, or just going, giving yourself the permission to ignore something for a bit. So I love that you mentioned that. And the other one was, when I said it's quite a short term, you kind of pivoted that brilliantly. You said, well, so many retailers are focused on what happens tomorrow. And to create a simple, relatively quick to produce strategy, like a roadmap that gives you that quick reminder of hold up, everybody, it's not just about tomorrow, it's about the next 12 months. I think that's such a good angle on it too. So how do we go about pulling together our roadmap for e-commerce success in 2023? Where do we start? Well, I think the best place to start is those goals. So where do we want to be at the end of those 12 months? And there's two things we can look at there. We can look at some big picture stuff, some like less tangible things. But really, to be able to start working on the roadmap, we start need to be able to make things a bit more objective. So we want to have some actual goals and some, some measures that we can put against them. So it could be something as simple as saying, you know, we want to grow revenue by 10% to this particular figure. It could be about saying, well, we want to improve our customer satisfaction score from this to this. Sometimes it's about reductions as well. We want to bring down a cost or bring down the number of complaints. What you want to do again, think remembering about focus is to get the right mixture of, of objectives in there that are not necessarily always your Hollywood ones and not always your trailing measures you you kind of want to have a little bit of trailing for where you want to get to and a little bit of knowing well if we can get this number up it causes a domino effect that then allows you to start thinking about the strategies and the actual projects you can do so you can then start working 
on asking questions about well what can we do to then make a difference on this to push the push the dial and i think really there's two or three kind of things you can do to simplify what you're going to put onto your roadmap one thing's going to be an improvement and optimization task so you've got something and we're going to make it better another thing you're going to be is we're going to add something. So there's something we're missing. You know, maybe we need it because all our competitors have it. Maybe we need it because they don't. And then the third thing is going to be removing stuff. And that sounds, this is like the one that I think a lot of people overlook when they put the roadmap on is, actually, is there some, some stuff that we can get off our plate, um, something that maybe causes a problem or doesn't deliver value, that just hones us on those other those are the two areas. So those are kind of the three basic kind of things that you'll come up with. And and then, like I say, what you can start to work on is what strategy is going to work. So, for example, let's say you wanted to work on some metrics to do with lifetime value, your retention or, you know, your long-term spend with the customer. You might look at a strategy of going, well, we want to develop some sort of loyalty and reward scheme. That's going to be your strategy. That's the way we've decided to work on that metric. And then you're going to look over the next 12 months and think, well, what can we do? What are the steps we can take over the next, uh, this quarter and then the following quarters to then enact that? So it could simply be that for quarter one, it's a research exercise. It's about evaluating what loyalty platforms there are, what models are available, and maybe testing that with your customers, saying to them, you know, hey, we're thinking of bringing this out. Does that deliver the right value to you? Then quarter two, you can then look at projects actually about implementation, so on and so forth. So that gives you a little flavor of how you can start to establish it and then also how you then start to take the ideas you've got and not just think of it about, well, we want to do this, but think about sequencing. And this is the thing with the roadmap. We've got to think that we can't do everything at once. We have to start taking the ideas we've got, putting them in order, but then also realise that there's going to be different ideas competing for the merchant's attention, competing for our attention as the agency. And so we also have to think about different initiatives that are then happening so you could have one about loyalty you could have another one about promotions and um, you might have a maintenance initiative always a good one to have because you've got to have to do your patches and upgrades and so you start to then look over those 12 months and think about when do you want to gain the benefits from these where are the dependencies so on and so forth so presumably at that initiative stage where we're picking up our one thing to improve, one thing to fill a gap, one thing to remove. That's the point at which we want to be bringing our key stakeholders together, whether it's different members of the team, whether it's suppliers, potentially members of our customer base as well, just to work out where are the key things. So, you know, if you're a swimwear business in the Northern Hemisphere, just for clarity's sake there, because I know we've got some Australian listeners going, what are you talking about, Chloe? Those dates are all wrong. If you're a swimwear business in the Northern Hemisphere, planning, you know, a whole load of extra work for your team, project work for your team to do in kind of the May-June time is a terrible idea because you should be busy getting as many sales as you want. But to be planning that, you know, big research project for the autumn is a great idea. So that would be the point at which we bring our team together. Joe, you see people building these all the time. This is your, your kind of your day job is building up these roadmaps for people. What are the common mistakes people make as they're building them? What, what are the, the usual fails you see? 
Oh, that is a great one there. I think the number one thing, and I've covered it already, is starting with the goals. Often it's that the roadmap is really a wish list and that'll be full of untested ideas and vanity projects and potential black swans, things that look easy on paper and then they're just going to eat up all your resources. So that's probably the first thing is actually to go through those preparatory steps to go from your vision to your objectives to your strategies and then down onto the projects you want to put on your your roadmap. So that's probably one of them there. Before we move on to another one, would it be fair to say that if you're finding as you're building your roadmap that you've got 20 projects on it and 15 strategies and and it's just turning into a massive list of things you want to do, that you've probably not outlined your goals well enough. So at that point you go, hold on a minute, let's let's go back to the goals piece and go, what are we actually trying to achieve in order to trim it back? Yeah, I think it's definitely the case that we plan ours in kind of a pyramid model and that almost enforces a little bit of starting narrow at the top and then allowing you to expand wider at the bottom for sure the reality is is you may very well monitor dozens of metrics and you do want all of them to go up and down accordingly but you can only really do work on so many of them you've got a finite amount of time, budget, whatever the resources to actually act on them. So it's really important to work, figure out the ones that you're happy to let tick over or, or kind of almost passively improve than the ones you really want to um, work on. So, for example, you don't really work on revenue. You work on something like, I'll give you an example about loyalty, working over there that brings your customers back in, which obviously increases your, your traffic, and then hopefully increases their lifetime value, so on and so forth. That's how you actually act on your revenue. So by understanding how your the goals you want to act on ladder up to, you know, the big ones like revenue and conversion and whatnot, that allows you to figure out the ones to get that focus on. Focus is going to be a recurring theme here for, for sure. <laughs> it's the whole purpose. Lots of budget, lots of time, lots of people. You can get a lot more ambitious Um, with this stuff and obviously you know there's definitely some merchants who will have the ability to break these things off into multiple roadmaps as well you can really get forward with it but the clients we work with and the clients that we speak to typically you're going to have one maybe at most two for example if you're somebody who runs a b2c site and then also has like a b2b wholesale operation as well most usually that's about as adventurous as it gets and really really focused on your on your goals focused on your strategies maybe just a handful of those and then you can have as many ideas for projects as you like and it comes down to your 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 budget and your delivery pacing then on how many will you actually get through over the next 12 months yeah there's there's no prize for creating the most complicated roadmap in the world there's only a prize for delivering on your goals um what are the you you're about to give us another common pitfall uh joe so what what else sure probably disorganization i know this sounds like a really odd one but i think the ability to kind of taking what starts off as a very linear wish list and being able to kind of really kind of find different ways to cut through that and organize it so are you going to organize by your strategy by the section of the site that these ideas um touch a particular kind of function 
in the business. It allows you to start seeing where work can start to be complementary to each other or where dependencies might exist. And so if you're actually working towards being able to have a timeline, for example, it allows you to just to be, start making smarter decisions rather than simply going, I will start at number one and finish at number 30 if you've got 30 projects, for example. So I think organisation is a really key one. I think probably if I was to come to a third one, it would probably be gatekeeping it. And there's two ways that happens. One way is, as you've discussed already there, Chloe, about having one person just try and hoard the whole creation process. And so they're gatekeeping it there. They get to choose what ideas go on there. They get to choose what's important. I think the roadmap creation process is a great opportunity to embrace a more kind of democratic process that encourages innovation in your business and you know, encourages a more collaborative relationship with your with the agency. I think the other way to kind of avoid that gatekeeping is making it kind of public. So one of the reasons why I like to draw these up on on something like Miro, for example, is I can then share that link internally. I can share it with the client. They can share it with their team. And with you know, if you do a visualization of your roadmap, it's a really accessible way for people to go, okay, over the next 12 months, I get what's important to us and I get what's coming next. And I understand that I had this idea and I've been heard, but we've made a decision to push it back to later in the year. So as a way of making strategy that I think can sometimes be complex and make it really, really accessible to people and let them understand it and start to challenge it, and feedback on it, I think that's the the flip side to that gatekeeping that you can get to if you do it right. Joe, what was that tool you mentioned and how do we spell it? Because I know there's there's ears buzzing all <laughs> over those skin. He mentioned a tool, I need to know the tool. Yeah, I, well, um, we've gone through a few whiteboarding tools, virtual whiteboarding tools. I'm a big fan of uh, facilitation, whiteboarding, sticky notes, all of that. And obviously through lockdown, we've had to do that online. The one we use right now is Miro, which is M-I-R-O, Miro.com, like the artist. Excellent. Thank you. There are other tools as well. There's Mural, which is M-U-R-A-L, which is similar. And you have things like Envision and Figma that also have kind of real-time collaboration tools that are very similar. So it's likely that you or your agency will have access to some of these. And then it's about having the skills to draw these things up and to facilitate conversations around it. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. This episode is brought to you by Tidio, the top-rated customer service platform on Shopify. Tidio enables you to manage all your communication channels in one dashboard, making it super easy for your support team to handle all customer inquiries. Tidio AI helps you automate more than 40% of support responses and increases your sales by recommending products and offering discounts to your website visitors. Increase customer satisfaction and sales with personalised shopping experiences. Visit ecmp.info forward slash Tidio, that's T-I-D-I-O, and start using Tidio now. Plus, get an exclusive discount for e-commerce masterplan podcast listeners by using the promo code masterplan.
Do you, like me, have a bit of a software tools habit? Well, I love a good tool and the impact it can have on my business. For me, a good tool is one that solves a problem we have, that can save me and my team time, that improves performance and where the price is 100% worth it. That's why I've always got an eye on the latest tools to appear on AppSumo. Not heard of it? AppSumo is a site where you can buy key software tools for your business once and own them forever. For example, we use a tool I bought from AppSumo in 2020 for $49 to schedule all our Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook posts. In fact, whilst creating and promoting this very episode, me and the team will have used at least 10 tools I've bought from AppSumo. I'm a big fan. So go on, check out what's on offer right now by going to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. That's ecmp.info slash A-P-P-S-U-M-O. And I bet you'll find a brilliant solution for at least one of your problems. Go to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. It's time for the Top Tips Round. Okay, Joe, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. And you've already given us some tool top tips. So we're, we're definitely in top tip mode now. So Joe, are you ready? Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? For me, having come from a design background, and often talking to people who are maybe from a technical background or business background, one that I like to recommend is a book called Just Enough Research uh, by Erica Hall, and that's published by A Book Apart. I think for me what I like is it makes research, the benefits of research, the myth-busting of it, really accessible to people who might otherwise kind of see research as as something that's really expensive or scientific. And I think everybody will be much more empowered in their decision making and their problem solving if they just brought a little bit more research into their process. Nice. I haven't heard of that one. So I'm going to check that out straight after this. Uh, The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? You know, I've I've already mentioned this one there, actually. Are we, are we doubling down on Miro? We're doubling down on Miro. And I'll tell you, I'll explain why, just to maybe, I'll add a little bit more on. Um, I mean, initially, I was using Miro as a tool for replacing in-person workshops. So as my whiteboard tool with sticky notes and whatnot. For me, though, it's really become my like Swiss army knife for productivity. If I need to kind of personally brainstorm something or develop a model for something, it has stuff like wireframing tools in there as well. So if I want to try and visualize an idea on a more like interface level, I can do that as as well. So it, it's become incredibly useful for me. And I, again, I'm a big believer of like show, don't tell. And I think it kind of encourages you to kind of visualize stuff, which again is more accessible for a wider range of people than trying to say, write a really lengthy document or set up another meeting. Excellent. No, I, lo- I love the doubling down there because I did think that was such a cool tool. And again, something else I'm going to check. Okay, we've got two out of two for Chloe's workload being destroyed <laughs> after this podcast recording. So um, 
the traffic top tip, which I missed. I was so excited about the tall top tip. I jumped over the traffic top tip. So we're going to go backwards. Sorry, guys, I'm doing this in the wrong order. Uh, okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I think I'm probably going to say something that isn't really that controversial because I think a lot of people say this, but I do think email, you know, newsletters is so, so powerful. Pretty much across every client we work with, you can see a direct correlation between their campaigns, whether that's to subscribers or to actual customers. The power that that seems to have to to drive traffic and to drive sales. And again, if you have that set up right with the segmentation, with automations, there's a lot of mileage in there for sure. I would maybe start to tip a little bit onto SMS a little bit as well. I think that's a lot of those email tools often provide other messaging uh, systems. And so I'd look at messaging in general in that respect. Uh, But yeah, definitely, I think email is one of those areas that I think because it's related to content, I think that's the thing. And content's often maybe doesn't get enough love, enough investment. I think that's why it's underplayed but but really, really powerful when you do it well. Yeah, and um, I think everyone keeps saying SMS is the, this is going to be the year SMS takes over, but I really do think, because it's gone crazy in the US and here in the UK, we haven't quite embraced it in the same way yet, but it's it's coming. It's time to start having having a look at it. Okay, the last one, which definitely is the last top tip, I haven't forgotten another one, is the growth top tip. Joe, if you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? This will maybe a little broad tip, um, but I think it's really useful to be like mapping your end-to-end customer experience, okay? I think a lot of people will look at something like, you know, the UI design and trying to split test the way to the right button colour. But I think it's it's more useful to kind of step back and look at your entire end-to-end and identify your pains and, and how you can resolve those and find those points where you can offer a special moment. I think if you're in... In this scenario we're talking about where you are, you're in that kind of startup scale up point. It really, really matters to be doing something special for people, to be doing something different. And I think, you know, assuming you've got your basics right, the opportunity to figure out, oh, maybe I could do something with the unboxing or maybe I could do something with the product discovery, for example. Just finding something where there's there's an opportunity uniquely for you and for you to then pour all the care that you have into that area to make it really special and set yourself apart, that's the thing that creates advocates. And again, if you want to get from 100 to 1,000, like one of the most powerful marketing tools you can have is to be building a, a fan base that who can go do the marketing uh, for you. And that starts with, well, what do, you, what do you give them that's special, that's a little bit different? And to get that, you've got to look at that customer experience uh, journey. I love that tip. Thank you so much, Joe. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. So before I let you go, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and JH on the web and social media, please? Sure. So um, our website is wearejh.com and you can find wearejh as our handle on uh, most platforms. And I'm also going to add, because we were 
We've just been talking roadmaps the whole way through <laughs> and all of Joe's thoughts and the rest of the Joe team's thoughts on roadmaps have been combined into a marvelous ebook that you can go and get your hands on right now. Now the link to this is massively complicated. So we've done it, we've done one of our short links for Joe and the link you want to go to is ECMP that's short for e-commerce master plan you probably know that by now. It's ecmp.info forward slash roadmap. So super easy to remember and you can get yourself a download of a PDF to help you on that road mapping process and I'm sure um, Joe would love to hear from you if you've got any questions about it too is that right Joe? Absolutely yeah I mean we've got a good 30 odd pages there of our you know greatest tips on on supercharging uh, roadmaps but you know there's always an it depends with these kind of things so we're ready and raring you know to have those conversations with people who are thinking about the 12 months ahead of them and how they can make it as successful as uh, as possible. Brilliant. Well, Joe, as I said, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, it has been brilliant getting all strategic with you. And uh, you shared some brilliant uh, tips and advice as well. So thank you so much for being here. I oh, know it's been brilliant. Thanks so much, Chloe. So much in there from Joe and um, some brilliant tips on collaborative online workflows, which I will be going and trying out those those tools. But more importantly, a great process to follow. So don't get obsessed with trying to create some perfect, crazy strategy document with pages and pages of content. Drill it down to a simplified roadmap, what Joe was talking about today. So you're looking and this year, I would strongly advise you to go against anything longer than 12 months for the bit you're actually working on for this roadmap piece. Get clear on those goals. And I'm not sure if we mentioned it or not, but don't list 20 goals. List like one, two or three. Get focused. Focus, as Joe said, is the word here. Then work out kind of like the strategies, the projects that are going to put this together or the initiatives, as Joe was saying. And I loved his suggestion to have three types of initiative. One where you're implementing something new. Secondly, where you're filling a gap. Sorry, not implementing something new. You're improving something you've already got. Still obsessed with that tool. Still sending me wrong. Secondly, that you're filling a gap. And thirdly, you're removing something you don't already have or you've already got that's not working for you. Don't be too strong on the gatekeeping of it. Make this a collaborative task that's bringing in, in all those stakeholders to make sure you're setting yourself up for success. Avoid those pitfalls he mentioned. And the other thing I'd say is, is be aware this is not set in stone. This is collaborative. This is going to evolve as you learn. As Joe was saying, first task is probably going to be research, whether that's speaking to your customers, whether that's, that's speaking to potential new suppliers. That could change everything. So these plans, of course, evolve. But if you don't have a plan, you've no idea where you're going. So make sure you've got that roadmap. And the other thing to say is if you want to go and grab that PDF, it's at ecmp.info forward slash roadmap. You can go and download that and that will help you put together a roadmap fit for bringing you e-commerce success in 2023. You get your hands on our notes about the show, including those top tips and links to what we mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just put ecmp.info forward slash the number of this episode into the URL bar to go straight to the correct page. 
Once you get to the website, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business, which would have included our recent series on our sister podcast, Keep Optimising, where we did a five-episode masterclass on what you need to know to improve your email and SMS marketing right now, which was when I finally got to it, Joe's traffic top tip. So if you want to go and spot up on that, head to keepopt.com forward slash email to find all of that. Thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. It's time to get your free ticket to our brand new virtual event. This time we're tackling the problem of overstocks, both how to avoid them and how to clear them. So take control of your stock to improve profits, cash flow and lower your carbon footprint. Just use our short link ecmp.info forward slash summit to get your free ticket.